Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. Chase didn't do it. I'm your co-host, Zachary Shevich, <laughs> and joining me, we're in the end game now, it's yep. Arturo Zurita. How are you guys doing? I uh, haven't shaved. I've been pulled over yeah. 25 times. By it looks good, though. 20, looks good. Not to the Jersey police. <laughs> At this point, yeah, they, 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 they think I'm the damn mule. <laughs> Where are you going? We're going to see the mule. He says he's got 20 pounds of cocaine in the back of the car. Uh, no, I'm glad to be here. Um, I'm Live glad. and in person again? I've survived New York for the mm. for the time being. I was telling, well, I already told both of you guys that I've been on the subway for the first time. I've been on the Jersey train for the first time. I've seen a man come in and practically urinate in the back of the train. It's a happens. Typical <laughs> Jersey experience. Y'all disgusting over here. <laughs> but I found my first good actual theater, which was the AMC in Lincoln Square. Uh... Oh, it's a good one. Legit yeah. IMAX. Yeah, yeah, it is. A bit more like <laughs> stretch. Uh, but yeah, we have today, as you can see, as I'm sharing my screen with Chase from a few mixed reviews. He's been on a couple of other times. A couple times. Yeah. But not in person. Not, not in, in person. person. Exciting. This is, this is crazy. Although we're still not like in the same frame. Yeah, yeah, but this is <laughs> not what I expected at all. Like, I expected a different room. Like I can't spoil <laughs> what this is, but... It was different than what I expected. That's what I have to say. <laughs> There's a body over there. We don't talk about that one. It's Actually, I think the craziest apartment. part is uh, I'd say all of us met around the same year, which was 2013, 2014. Yeah, yeah. something around there. I can't remember. But this like is the first time meeting you and you yeah. in person. Yeah, you know we almost met a couple times. Yeah, I I attempted to avoid, meet you. Yeah, but I denied it multiple times. Yeah. I think the, uh, it's because, like, most people think that we just, like, have the podcast and right. probably known each other for a year or something like that. So we've gone gone to, like, we've all had, like, 100, 200 around there. I remember and when we were, stopped. like, I was, like, <laughs> some of, Yeah, we were, like, hey, we're all going to make it to the top. All right, guys, I can't wait. Where'd y'all go? <laughs> I just left them behind. I mean, you that went to was, school. He's been making actual, like, music videos and stuff. But... School's a bad excuse. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bad excuse. What am I going to I have three jobs, though, too. I feel like that's it's something. We're busy. We're busy yeah, people. We keep busy. Yeah. Part of what keeps us busy, watching movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the best movies of 2018. Uh, before we do, I, I know be- right after we finished filming our episode, a couple big things happened in the world of film. I don't know if we want to touch it on quick. On, on quick. Golden Globes? Uh, the end Endgame trailer dropped. We haven't talked about that. Oh, that's true. It's decent. It's pretty good. That's yeah. it. There's nothing I think else to like say about it. It's like the perfect teaser trailer, though. Cool. Honestly, it doesn't show anything. There's nothing else. Yeah. They're full of crap. Oh, the news in the. <laughs> Have you seen the people trying to connect the things from the poster that they came out with? Or yeah, like, like the, City, the and it's supposed to spell Endgame. No, uh, Russo I'm not put out, it. Russo put out this like it was like a wallpaper of him just sitting like in a set in a lot. Okay. And they're like, like the the, the ladders spell M. What? So it's people were like, oh, they're spelling things out, and they're like, the title is in here somewhere, we gotta figure out the clues. Endgate comes on, people are like, of course. Connecting dots that don't even make any sense. Yeah. Like, ease this big, ends this small. I have not heard anything about yeah. this. It's, it's the dumbest it's thing, it's just people looking we'll into things that weren't even there, but... Alright, sounds good. Uh, uh, I think yeah. that's really all there is to say about that. Yeah, I mean, it's a decent it's title, hard. I can't say any yeah. more than that. I'm excited. Uh, and then the other big thing that happened, we were talking about Kevin Hart hosting the Oscars by the time our episode went up. Yeah, I'm really excited for... No longer hosting the Oscars. Get gritty. Well, what happened? Get gritty. Um, Twitter? Twitter mm. happened. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Any uh, favorite potential replacements? Robot. I've been saying Conan for the longest time, but if Kevin Yo, Hart Conan can't would be get out. it, but if Kevin Hart can't get it, how can Conan not? Conan's like a little different. They're going to find something on Conan, for sure. If they found something on Kevin Hart, they're going to find something on Conan. Oh, it wasn't hard to find stuff on Kevin Hart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, just look at his last That's year. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, just always thought Conan would be a good choice. Honestly. Conan would be a dope choice. We've yeah. always said the guy's 
that we would prefer to keep at the indie. Uh, John Mulaney and Nick Kroll. What would be dope is to get Tina Fey and uh, Amy Poehler. They always kill it. Mm-hmm. They always kill it for the Golden Globes. I don't know why. Ricky Gervais would be would be the greatest thing in the world. He offered up his services. Yeah, and they, has he done the Oscars before? He does no, the Golden Globes. No, he's done the Golden Globes four, four times. If that's what you want that's to call crazy. it, then yeah. that was crazy. He went at people. Um, people were throwing out after last year's show because uh, they did a Tiffany presentation Haddish? together. Tiffany Haddish and Maya Rudolph. That could be a fun duo. Oh, yeah, with Maya Rudolph, I think they'd I'll love each it. other really dope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But then you were talking about the fact that they might actually be doing uh, No Host. Yeah, yeah, so that's the rumor that coming out so right weird, now. Though. It's I just mean, like a McDonald's kiosk. Yeah. <laughs> so here, here's the thing about no host. I feel like, it, while it sounds weird, if you think about the Oscar host's job... They don't do anything. To fill the, only, the gaps for a half hour. The only thing that isn't just replaceable by a presenter is like the five-minute monologue at the top. Yeah. yeah. So just we don't get a five-minute... Oh, you do. Monologue. Exactly, you or do, you but gritty. it's like a group of people. <laughs> yeah, sure. delivered yeah, by exactly. Neil Patrick Harris. Mm-hmm. And then everybody else who does their thing... It's just the presenters. You don't really need a host. All the host does, I wouldn't even say it fills in the time. It adds time that shouldn't be there. I mean, I would be surprised, I I won't be surprised if they decide, you know what, no host, it's gonna make the ceremony go faster, this is gonna be best, the best thing for the broadcast, and then it's gonna be exactly as long as it always is. No, it probably would end up being that. Okay, so we are going to get into our top 10 movies of That's the year. That's what we're over here. Brought to you by Dos Equis, the only beer you should be drinking. Don't give them some free if pub. A, if it's a, nah, I'm going to give Dos Equis. Dos Equis, <laughs> Dos Equis has been there for Jeez. me through thick and thin. Uh, no, I always say Dos Equis is the best mm. out of all the Mexican beers. He's got a Corona over there, which is utterly disgusting. But we just <laughs> found one as we went. No love for Negro Modelo. This is incredible. No love for Negro Modelo. Ew, no, absolutely <laughs> not. That's disgusting. No. Tecate is like the only one that comes close just just because it tastes like a Mexican uh, Sam no, Adams yeah, Oktoberfest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it tastes like an autumn leaf. I feel that. But it's, it's Dos Equis all the way. I mean, it's got one of the best mascots, everything else. It's pretty good. This is our pitch, first of all, yeah. <laughs> beer companies to get us. This is our we sponsor. Actually, we actually tried a, a really dope one, which is a blueberry. Uh, Blue uh, Point, Blueberry yeah. Ale. Very good. Mm. Yeah. Not gonna lie. So this is pretty much a celebration for I the end like of the year. I feel like an adult now drinking this. Oh, yes. Yeah, so he is 21. Uh, we ID'd 22, him before we 22 now. 22 now. But. Uh, I also love the idea of the regular intercut listener tuning in right now and watching and going like, 10 minutes of, hey, guys, we're drinking. Wait a minute. <laughs> they consume stuff? Yeah. I know YouTubers ate. I thought they were 17. <laughs> but uh, no, pretty much we're going to wrap up everything from the end of the year. I've pretty much seen everything. I know that you guys wanted to go through a list of the things that you still wanted to approach, yeah. maybe yeah. possibly uh, get. I know Chase and I haven't seen quite as much as you. Mm-hmm. You see quite a lot. How many movies have you seen this year? I want to say I've passed 420. 420? Yeah. New There's ones. no shot. I'm at, You're a liar. I'm not, like, that I've logged into Letterboxd so far is, I want to say 300. What the fuck? It's a lot of movies. Absurd. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not at that. But my wife also I'm, I'm a lot closer, closer to, to 100. Damn. Um, I I know some of the movies that I was really interested in seeing. Uh, a couple that were recommended to me by Art, even uh, including We the Animals, Burning. I think you liked Unsane, uh, Cam, which recently popped up on Netflix, and Mandy. I also didn't get to see Suspiria or Can You Ever Forgive Me? No, you're not missing any much. Uh, no, you're missing, you're missing <laughs> Leave something. No Trace or Skate Kitchen. Uh, so uh, Thunder Road even is another one I was excited oh, yeah, yeah. about, but uh, plenty of movies that I think I saw I, uh, that I'm more interested in. I think I'm pretty happy with my top ten, my top twelve. 
Mm-hmm. How about you, Chase? Anything you I mean, see? I mean, I agree with what you just said. Like, I think I have a pretty solid top ten right now, even though there's still a lot I really want to see. Like, I've purposely put off a couple big movies just because my sister really wants to go this week. Right. I'm going home this week, and I'm going to binge them with her. So, some movies I haven't seen yet that are, I guess, pretty big in terms of other people's lists. Paddington 2. haven't seen Paddington 1. I yet. haven't seen Paddington Every- 2 either. Yeah, everyone loves it. Um, let's see. You Were Never Really Here. I really want to see. The Rider, I heard great things. Tully, I've heard great things. The Tale, uh, Lino and Pete, I don't know, it's like another horse movie horse everyone movie. talks yeah, about. Yeah, that got a little bit of hype earlier this year. Yeah, so like. could be something. Mm-hmm. Uh, burning, Blind Spotting, uh, Never Going Back is one I was really interested in. What did you it's see this year? <laughs> uh, we're getting to it. I've seen a lot of good movies. There's a lot of movies I haven't seen, like We the Animals, Mandy, uh, Battle Buster Scroogs, uh, Orson Welles movie, uh, House of Jack Bill, I'm really interested in. Roma, I'm seeing like tomorrow. Beale Street, I'm seeing this week. You said the favorite. Yeah, this favorite. Forty five pages week. long. Spider Man, I'm seeing this week. His his the not se- not seen top ten is better than his top ten. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so here's what I haven't so, seen this year. Hopefully, so, I have so, so tune into a few mixed reviews next week. <laughs> yeah. to see how this changes. But uh, there's a good amount I haven't seen yet. But that being said, I think 2018's been an outstanding year. Yeah. Uh, for film, especially over the past couple of years, that the ten I mentioned right now are ten I'd still recommend anyway. So. Better than 2014. We always have this debate. Nah. See, I've always we've said, always had this debate about yeah, 2014 being one of the best years. There's a difference don't. between better and favorite. I think 2014 is a better year. I have put it this way: my number one beats any movie in 2014 for me. The, oh you know yeah. I mean? So yeah, yeah. to me, that makes 2018 more of a favorite. And like my top three are all like masterpieces in my head. Yeah, for me, I've got about 20 movies that I'd be comfortable being in my top 10. Mm-hmm. So that's to me, is go. like a decent year. I'm not going to say that it's like one of my favorite years in the past few, because there's not mm-hmm. like anything that I... And there's a couple movies that I love, but not necessarily a lot. Right. My top four, I'm really, really happy with. Everything from like 5 to 15 is a toss-up. Right. I, I could name my number 15 movie number mm-hmm. 5 and not really think twice about it. That's but, fair. Uh, art. You haven't seen a couple? Vice? I've seen everything. <laughs> I'm missing three. Avatar 4. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen Vice. I haven't seen the Sherlock Holmes movie, which is the reason why I wanted to put that it That good. I haven't seen a trailer. It takes a selfie But Step Brothers uh, basically don't, remake? No. It's, that looks like trash. Does it look trash? Have I you not seen, seen a trailer? trailer? No. So I'm you know when it takes place, right? It, I mean, it's just Sherlock Holmes. Right. He takes there. a selfie. By getting uh, by uh, getting the the man. the old steampunk like camera, putting Damn. it on like a walker, and then taking a Never selfie, mind. and then and then he still and then he still goes, "Hey girl." See, I was I had hope because like the step Not brothers reunion, yeah. no, could have been great something. cast, could have been uh, something. So yeah, it's pretty much just Vice, that, mm-hmm. Holmes and Watson. Yeah, Holmes and Watson. I think that's it. Those are the main two. Oh, Destroyer. Those are three. Right. Those are the literal. Big I've heard two, good things about two, three. Actually. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it, and yeah. and then and then I'll, I'll I'll be wrapped up. So yeah, we will uh, be talking about those movies hopefully on social media or maybe on these channels even. Uh, but there's a lot of good movies that we're gonna be still be able to talk about. Mm-hmm. Let's start out with our honorable mentions. Chase, mm-hmm. do you wanna kick us off? I don't know if there's any movies that you wish could make it into your top ten, but just not quite there. Jurassic sure, World. I'm doing quickly. <laughs> no, not Jurassic <laughs> World too. Uh, this is a pretty good year for movies, so I'm going to mention nine movies real quick. Cool. Old Man old man with the Gun, I thought was a really unique heist movie. It felt like this Very cute, cool. almost like romantic comedy heist movie that I've never really seen before. Another that, one that I haven't seen yet. I, it's, but, it's really good, like, yeah. not my top ten, but something I'd still recommend to, like, 
it's one of those movies I'd recommend to anybody. I'm like, yeah, if you want like a feel good heist movie, like it's pretty good. Uh, let's see what I got nice. Minding the Gap, I just checked out this week. Hey, he really likes that. Yeah, he's a big fan. Uh, I thought it was really good. I yeah. really liked it. Uh, biggest thing that stood out to me was the cinematography, and I'm forgetting the director's name. Ming Liu. That's it. Wait, which movie? Minding the Gap. Oh, okay. Where? Oh, yeah, because he's the because he's, he, he was is a skater. A, he was because he them. is a skateboarder and like yeah, he's the just, star and the yeah, documentarian. Just the steady cam on a skateboard just has such a cool effect that. Mm-hmm. That's enough for me. And a lot of directors and documentaries don't really make themselves a part of the movie. So seeing that was super cool to me. Yeah. Uh, so I really like that. Isle of Dogs, great. Uh, amazing animation. Uh, Infinity War, just because of how big it was and how they were able to pull that off. Uh, Mission Impossible, I know is going to be on a lot of people's top ten. It's a great year for movies, though, so it doesn't make my top ten. Uh, Beautiful Boy, one of the movies that I know you weren't as high on it, but... Really personal movie to me. Just really hit me in my emotion. I don't know if it's a great movie, but I really liked it. Uh, I don't know if it's a great movie. <laughs> that's that's the thing, though. Like, you have to determine what's a better movie I and what's, Siri, like, a favorite. Siri said, it's a shut up. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I think favorites should yeah. make, like, personal lists. Oh, no, I agree. Yeah, so... Uh, Three Identical Strangers, I thought was a great thing. That, yeah. that was crazy. I thought it was awesome. If I think you that's have, all in all of our honorable Yeah, movies. like, yeah. If, if I was going to recommend one documentary to people that want to get into documentaries, I think Three Identical Strangers is a really good start. Uh, Creed 2. I really liked Creed 2 oh. a lot, uh, more than Creed 1, which I know you disagree with. So it's been great having Chase on the I, podcast today. I, I Next cried. week we're going to... Be- I never cry in movies. I cried in Yo, Creed 2. What? How did you cry the, in Creed 2? The too? scene with the baby... If you have a heart, will make you cry. It was incredible. Did you Are see you it? Kidding me? No. It's so. He's good. got a Philly bias. That's the reason why he likes he, it so he much. He went to school in Philly. Philly. Too. Yeah. Right, but you haven't seen it. Yeah. So Both Creeds are great. Over. I like Creed Two a little. No, a little one Creed more. is phenomenal. But the second Creed's like wow. I think Creed this One is a movie that came on things. I think Creed One is a better movie. I like Creed Two more. Hmm. So I think what you use all the time. Yeah, because that's what his wife. Look, I really love you. And my final, my final honorable mention. I really want this to be my top ten. Barely misses. Won't you be my neighbor? Is a fantastic documentary. Uh, that also made me cry. Actually, yeah. now I think about it, it was just that like, was the one that did it. Yeah, it for me. me cry yeah. Too. yeah, I was, think that was the only movie this year. I never cry in movies, and it happened mm-hmm. twice. I guess I never cry in movies. Crying twice, movies. Twice in a movie. I think yeah. all this top ten. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just an amazing documentary about an amazing person. That's yeah. all I have to say. So those yeah. are my honorable mentions. Won't be won't you be my neighbor showed up at number nineteen on my list. Mission Impossible Fallout showed up at number eighteen. Isle of Dogs showed up at number seventeen. So you've hit a couple of my honorable mm. mentions already. I'll also throw out uh, Custody, the French film. Uh, it's really really great. Uh, it, it starts a little uneventful and then just gets more and more and more tense in ways that you don't necessarily expect. Uh, a couple more things that'll sh- that are showing up on my honorable mentions are uh, Annihilation, Star is Born. And uh, searching and the tail. You didn't put the tail in. I thought the tail would for sure get in. I recent, with that one scene you like. I recently shuffled it up and it just missed out. It's Fair. number eleven for me. Right, it still has that one scene that I know you've had on top of. Yeah, those. yeah. So uh, I love the tail. I think it has one of the most interesting filmic twists of the year, which yeah. we've talked Have about you seen previously. It? No, uh, I said it was one of the movies I missed. Yeah, oh, I mean, I, I spoil it for people because it happens in the first, like, yeah, you know, third about it, of right? the movie. I know it's like uh, someone gets abused. No, 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 the, like the, the, the so thing in the movie. Interesting, so the interesting She's retelling the story. filmic twist that happens. I knew something. I it's know flashbacks I mean, yeah, to Laura. Like it's flashbacks to Laura Dern when she's younger and she's imagining herself as like a 16, 17 year old girl. Like, and she's then cast. Talks, you see her. 
Okay. And then she starts talking to her mom, and she's going through a photo album, and she's like, no, that's not how old you were. This is how old you were. And they change it okay. to a different actress who's like 13. That's pretty cool. And suddenly everything becomes recontextualized. So now all the scenes that you just saw between yeah. like with a the older actress, but now it's a younger woman? actress, now mm-hmm. they're a lot creepier. And it's, it's just... And then the rest of the movie continues. This, this, so you guys think my top ten list is going to change a week from now. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm going to catch up on everything. It's this brilliant meta twist to the movie mm-hmm. that is one of the most creative like casting decisions. I Honestly, think. I think this is why it's better that we do this list a little bit earlier because it's always going to change depending on the movies wherever they That's go. True. What doesn't change, change from now. what doesn't change though is the moments in movies, which is why I think those are going to be the better ones to cover as we get closer mm, towards yeah, the end of the year. Absolutely. And we can keep doing this until... Damn, Oscars are what? Late February? Yeah. We can yeah. do this at Sundance whenever else. Oh, yeah, this is the Sundance group here, too, by the way. Sundance <laughs> boys. Uh, but, yeah, I, I almost feel like the best movies of the year, that's cool. But, like, what are the scenes that you talk about? Like, that scene yeah. right there, you that can have one way of my top more conversation than maybe some Easy. of the ones that we have over there. Uh, you, you did mention Custody. That's one that I've been trying to see. And they Brilliant. sent me a screener at uh, Chicago Film Fest. And it had no... Subtitles. I was like, I don't speak. <laughs> Damn. Wait, that actually happened? Yeah, I was like, I don't speak no this. Way. Damn. So. Um, what are your honorable mentions? Oh, uh, so I never cry in movies, so Ocean's 8 was actually. <laughs> uh, my honorable mentions. <laughs> uh, let's get into my uh, top three. The Endless, that was a very interesting movie. It is on Netflix. I'm just going to go through like a bunch over here. Yeah. Mine, I, I never put in any particular order. Maybe the, just the top two. Everything else. It's a lot of movies. Watch them. The Endless is on Netflix. I thought that was a pretty interesting one with the way that they uh, have absolutely no budget and they make this movie. Have you ever heard of these guys? No. Who are they? They made uh, an older movie. Uh, I'm blinging on the name of it. I think it was called Resolutions. You've seen Spring. Sprint? Yeah, that Spring. horror movie. It's a horror spring, movie right? where, like, spring, spring where, where, where these, like, I tourists. I think a poster, actually. Yeah, it's, it's like a crazy-looking yeah, yeah, poster. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. made that movie. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if they made something else in between. Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. Yes, you see two dudes, and they star in the movie as well. They just, like, swapped out their names so, <laughs> so they can remember themselves. And it's this, like, whole kind of time loop movie. Okay. Confusing at times, but I found it to be really interesting, especially when you're, like, looking at the fact that they're, like, they have the most minimum... Uh, budget possible. Fair. The Guilty. Didn't see this one. No. Is getting remade already. Have you heard yeah. about this? No. So The Guilty is pretty much, uh, this was a Sundance one. Mm. People are saying, oh, you have to go see it. And the lady ruined it for me too, so uh, shout out to you, lady. <laughs> there was this, it's pretty much, you got this guy who's a dispatcher, mm-hmm. and the whole movie just takes place like that, as he's uncovering the person who he should be helping, or whether he shouldn't be helping them. And he's going through his own stuff as well, and his own, and it all just takes so place. So it's kind of like, um, what was that Tom Hardy movie? Lock. A little bit, but a I little, like this yeah. One. Obviously, there's a different. But yeah, I like this. But I like this one, and it's already I never getting saw remade. Lock so that's a that's yeah. a pretty dope one to uh, check out. Border. If I see it again, may go a little bit higher. Now, I think right? this is a weird movie. You need to see this movie. Really? Uh, do you, are, do people know what it's about? Because I never saw I've trailers never or anything. I, I just went into so. it. Yeah, it's a foreign movie that's in theaters now. I think it's like is they're it? hoping to get like an Oscar nomination, but it doesn't seem yeah. likely. I've never heard. But yeah, no. And talk about what it's about because I don't think a lot of people know. So, I'm just gonna go off of what the poster said when I got the tickets <laughs> okay. uh, at a film festival. These two beings don't stand uh, stand out in a world full of humans and they end up falling in love with each other and that may be the worst thing like possible when they realize the secrets that they have they look like they're deformed in a sense I'm just gonna say that because I don't want to say more about the movie because I didn't know anything other than the like poster practically saying that there are dogs like like they work they live dogs. among humans but like look at this poster right here 
They live amongst humans, right? This is what it looks like. Zach will probably post up looks like a something there. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. they practically work like dogs because, like, her job is uh, when people are coming in, she's customs, and she smells it out. What? She smells out your heart rate, and that's what makes her know that you have something in your USB drive. That's not the weird sounds, part of the movie because that's not even where it starts. It sounds the, very weird, but I'm very intrigued. Yeah, this movie gets time. even crazier. Some people are going to be disgusted from it, but I, th- I think it's super Fair. interesting. Uh, shouts out to Roma, Tully, Star is Born. I'm surprised. See, there's been a bunch of shuffling with my list, so it's like Paddington 2 is lower than it needs to be. Uh, ones that I have yet to put in here because I update my letterbox like every other month. Shoplifters? I really like that one. That's it. I don't know why I came up with another way. Shoplifters. shoplifters. Oh, oh, that's that's why. It's Shoplifters. I really like the way that story was told. Uh, I know that one's going to get a nomination. Does it really matter if Roma... Uh, and we'll get to that, too. Roma gets nominated for Best Foreign Film. They get nominated for Best Picture. That happened with who's, the, who's winning Best Foreign yeah. Film? That happened with uh, Amor. Yeah. yeah. Amor a couple years ago. It's yeah. like, why, why is everyone else even showing up? Yeah. Uh, so Roma's cl- clearly going to take that, but... I like that one, and the first two X, from <laughs> Box Lights. I made this. I made a whole big thing about it. So, and I was telling both of these guys Ooh. that I was sitting there. I had I rarely knew anything about the movie, and, and Natalie Portman and I are best friends because <laughs> we <laughs> we, <laughs> we saw a play together. Yeah, we saw a play together. Well, we saw important. Lucas Hedges do something yeah, on it's stage. Like gallery. Yeah, uh, and so considering that we're practically friends, mm-hmm. I can be honest with you about her performance. <laughs> the first half before she comes out blew my mind i had no mm. idea what the inciting incident was for the thing mm. you know nothing about it that's gonna be great zero. and the no. way he just starts off the movie mm. i believe it i'm not gonna spoil anything other than the first two acts all i was thinking was how am i gonna replace what is my number one on my drop on my letterbox and then not say anything but then, and then it people, just shits the bed yeah halfway through i'm like ooh, damn man that's and tough. it was okay then the ending just turns into Something else completely that I won't spoil, mm. and it was just it was sad because the first two acts of that I legit thought was like this might be top of like Damn, the wow. decade. So, would it still be like a high honorable mention for you because of that? I just mentioned it. I mean, yeah, but like <laughs> it's but, the last honorable yeah, mention like, I got. How, how high? How high? <laughs> what more do you how, want how from how me? Close? I've given you okay, yeah. Uh, I would say that if we're doing top 10, all right, so for the top 10, uh, let's just chime in when if somebody mentions your movie and it's something mm. in your top 10, even if it's not. Uh, your number yet? Just chime in too. Okay. Right. You want to start us off? Sure. <laughs> we the animals. We the animals is a movie that absolutely nobody saw, but there's something that I love about That's directors. It. Literally. Hey, hey yeah. y'all will really, y'all finally watch it. I've been because you're to coming it. to Sundance, so <laughs> yeah. you won't miss all of these true. movies. Yeah. True. Uh, we the animals was one that I caught like last second. I went in there and just I always talk about like I love the movie experience mm-hmm. sometimes, not when I'm in Jersey. But, like, when you're actually sitting down and, like, the director's there, and, like, he comes out and he says, I hope you like this movie. Yeah. Please. Even a little bit, because I gave it my all. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I personally felt it for this movie. I thought it was a very well-told story. It's very, like, artsy, because the kid, like, draws, and then the drawings become, like, a transition to the next scene. Uh, I hey, f- you compared this to, uh, like, somewhere between Moonlight and Florida. First Project. act of Moonlight. And all of Florida Project with the kids who are literally just out having fun and they don't even realize the repercussions of everything happening around them. And it's got my boy, Luis Castillo. Mm-hmm. That's the dude right there. On the rise. So I have that as my number 10. Are y'all going 10, 10, 10? Yeah. Uh, so for my number 10, 
I have one that you haven't caught up with yet, uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I really enjoyed this one. Everyone loves it. Yeah, I mean, there's different sections that are better than other sections. Mm. Uh, Art and I disagree about what the best section is. Really? That makes me more intrigued. <laughs> yeah, mm. but uh, I think that it, there's there's merit to every section, especially now that I've had a chance to rewatch it, I find it like a much easier movie to watch on the rewatch mm -hmm. because you kind of know where they're going and know that there's more stories coming up next. It's just got that... Cowan Brothers' wit and that that really um, matter-of-fact sense of humor that mm -hmm. I love about them, and they have a really interesting perspective on the Old West. Uh, I love uh, the way that they tell the story, I, particularly the opening, which we both really. It has like. one of my favorite shots of the year. It's has, a has crazy the shot. Best. I rewinded it. Moment of twice. violence in 2018. Yeah, it's, in it's wild. I mean, I'm definitely checking it out this week for yeah. sure. Yeah. So. And shout out to them because that that movie is a power move. Yeah, it's the Coen Brothers saying, "Yeah, we co-signed Netflix." Mm. But it's also <laughs> Coen Brothers uh, sneaking a movie into Netflix's format, being like, "Yeah, this is a series. Yeah, this was supposed this to be totally a show." A show. Right? Yeah, they said. Oh, is that it was what a you show. think they did? Well, no, that was a thing like a year ago, I think right? That's how they got it financed. They, I always remember they said they wanted to make a western show, mm -hmm. and I just assumed, oh, they just turned it into a movie. I think, right? This, this is what that uh, is, right? At Venice, at the Venice Film Festival, they said it was always intended to be a movie. So my... But news said it was the show, right? My inclination is they were lying to get a movie made. Right, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame them. Because, I mean, how many anthology movies get made even right now? So maybe that's, that's how true. it got made. So Jake. you're saying there should be a movie about how Buster Scruggs got made into a movie. There we go. Someone will make it, for sure. Chase, what's your number, your number 10? Uh, I know it's a movie you weren't high on. I don't know how Zach feels. I went in thinking I'm not going to like this. I just have a bad vibe. I came out really liking First Man a lot. Okay, cool. I really I, I really like Damien Chazelle for Whiplash. I liked La La Land. I have to rewatch La La Land because everyone's super high on La La Land. I went in thinking, all right, Damien Chazelle's known for like his creative mind, his genius ideas. Why would this man pick a biopic? Why would he pick a true story? It just doesn't seem Another like it Another space movie. I felt like I had like seven anxiety attacks during this entire thing. I thought it was super well done with all the space sequences. The entire third act is mind-blowing at points. Ryan Gosling gives the best cry of the year early on in the first 15 minutes. It was a story that I guess I should have known more about. Like I know a little bit about Armstrong, yeah. but I didn't really know like cool, all Rick. the details of everything. <laughs> I didn't know all the details of everything. I just had a great time with it. I don't know. It's something I feel like I could definitely rewatch. I don't know how it would feel on a smaller screen in my living room, but I just thought the entire last third was incredible. Mm -hmm. It just really yeah. stood out to me. I don't think either of us disliked it. We were no. Just... Once I put warp stabilizer on it and all the shots were not just. <laughs> I, him just, I back think that makes it so much more intense though with all the shaky cam. Right, I agree. <laughs> just <laughs> being a bobblehead. But it was dope. I usually hate shaky cam, uh -huh. but it worked for this. Just like. Because it's space when space was first being explored. It's like... That it does it makes a it real feel more vintage. How, how like space. They barely made it in space. Sense. Yeah, but it makes it feel more vintage, which I really liked. And yeah. it being Watch shot the right stuff. Film, I mean, I have before, <laughs> but the right stuff's pretty good. But I liked how... There's this whole debate of, should you shoot on film or digital? In my opinion, most of the time, it doesn't really matter for this. The film felt like it added... A sort of retro yeah, feel with that. that I really liked. Yeah. I just liked everything about this movie. I liked uh, all the acting, um, all the sort of special effect work they did. 
I just think First Man's pretty good. I think it could be bumped out by one of these great movies I'm about to see this week. But right now, it still stands out to me as one of the best of the year for All sure. Right. The score is fantastic. Yeah, Have you listened is? to the score? Of course. The score is crazy, and I'm pretty sure Takeoff listened to the score because then he did his Rocket album. And I yeah. kid you not, he uses part of Horowitz's score in there. The, That's crazy. Uh, and I think I, while I don't like the first two thirds of the movie, I think it's extremely boring. Damn, really? I think it's. I was, I I was interested the entire time. And, and, I don't I, and I've say. seen it twice in IMAX. I only saw it again because. That ending still lives up to so to everything. Uh, you, and you already saw it. You saw it alone, right? Yeah. Or was it A Star is Born that you saw alone? I think it's both of them. Both of them. <laughs> Dude, there was no one at my IMAX either when I saw it the second time. Um, it's a literal Wizard of Oz moment. I didn't see it coming, and I've hyped it up that you need to see it in IMAX. It's one of, what's one of my biggest regrets is Dunkirk. Yeah. Of not Dude. seeing it in IMAX. I saw IMAX. it twice in IMAX. It was incredible. That's the thing. I, I never got the chance to see it in IMAX. That's one of the ones where if it ever comes back, I'm snatching up tickets because yeah, like yeah. the screening I saw, I honestly feel ruins the movie. You cannot enjoy this movie to the fullest unless you see it in IMAX for that trick I he agree. does at the end. That's too late now. <laughs> and then it's not just that he does that trick. What ties it up in a nice bow isn't the, whoo, damn, mm. that's cool. That'll be enough to talk to. It's that he then does that thing, which the moment he landed there, I knew I was like, wow, this really has my... Uh, he's going to sneak me. I know what he's sneaking mm. in here. And then he sneaks it in there, which mm. is something that he foreshadowed from the yeah. beginning. And it's a good bit. Yeah. It's it's a it's a nice little, like, mm. I like the second cry more than the first cry. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah I, I would say... Both cries are pretty good. Yeah, this is a top ten performance by Ryan Gonsling not saying anything and staring out into space. Better yeah. than Drive? I thought he was better in this than Drive. I agree. Yeah. Art, what's your number nine? <laughs> Uh, at this point, I have Isle of Dogs, but if I'm being completely cool. honest, I might swap that with If Beale Street Could Talk. Okay, That's cool. only because I haven't seen If Beale Street Could Talk again, and yeah. now that it's playing here in the city, I actually want to go see it I'm again. I'm super eager to see it a second time as well. I uh, it's once. really late now. That's that's why our eyes are so sunken. Because <laughs> we saw two and a half episodes of Atlanta before we recorded this. Mm. And I literally need to go back to see it because you keep claiming to me, and maybe I just wasn't as honed into it. Uh, yeah. Brian Tyree's performance in this movie when yeah. he just comes in for that one bit. Yeah, there's a, like, I think it's a 12-minute scene just in the middle of the movie where Brian Tyree Henry shows up. It's not in it any more than that 12 minutes, yeah. but it flips the movie on its head and it just, really? it, it just injects yeah. this different energy. Uh, and he's so, so good. Mm -hmm. And I would nominate him for Best Supporting Actor yeah. just for that. So. Uh, what I love about the movie is just the story how like they actually love each other. I know it's like corny and cliche to say. They actually love each other. No, no, no. Because no, you know it's just like, oh. It's, it's yeah. weird This to guy say, is going like, to get with that girl. That, Here's just, it's hard to pull off. No, like you come it's in here and you're like. It's a movie that actually shows No, they shows got their diapers changed you know? together. You know what I mean? Yeah. This isn't like, oh, how did you guys find each other on yeah. the mattress? This is like, they're inseparable. They're like best friends. It's like, I think he gets that. He hones on in that, like, 100%. On the Directors Guild podcast, they play interviews where filmmakers interview other filmmakers, uh, usually at post-Q&A screenings. Mm -hmm. And Paul Thomas Anderson just interviewed Barry Jenkins about mm -hmm. this movie. And in that interview, that. Paul Thomas Anderson is saying how jealous he is of Barry Jenkins' close-ups. Because he just has this interesting... Oh, and he does it. You, like, it's official. It's the term. Like, if we give Spike Lee the dolly shot, Barry Jenkins gets this, like, small dolly, like, straight up on the face. I don't know how he squares it up. It, he does it in this movie, and it's just like... There's something that's just mm. so intimate about it. You, yeah. you feel yourself... The lighting of it, all of it. He, I mean, he, he's great. Just absolutely great at shooting faces. Uh, I, I think... You know, if you just pay attention yeah. to all the little shots in Beale Street, 
there's so much to like about that movie. That that came into my top. That was in my top twenty as well. Did not make. My oh top really? 10. Okay. But again, I haven't seen it again, so to I, I want to to hype it. I would just say I, I the best scene of this movie to me is a revelation scene to her family. Beautiful scene. My girlfriend was in the bathroom for the entirety of the scene. She comes back. Everyone is Jeez. cracking up. Everyone's just like, she's like, what happened? I'm like, you just missed probably the best best, best scene of of Tiff. Damn. And you were in the bathroom the whole time. So I definitely want to see it again for that scene. Yeah. Worst part about this movie is that it has to be compared to Moonlight. Yeah. Yeah. That's the worst part about it. I was about it. to ask, because like, I'm seeing it this week. That's the like, worst part about it. Because Moonlight is it's too It's not good. fair. <laughs> it would be recommended so much more if it if Moonlight, wasn't the follow-up yeah. to Moonlight. Is it like how La La to me, is to Whiplash? Because like, mm-hmm. everyone thinks Whiplash is better, mm-hmm. I feel like. That's actually a, that's that's a, a really great comparison. comparison. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it isn't until yeah. First Man comes out that you realize, oh, La La Land was... <laughs> Yeah. My number nine, I'm expecting it to show up on at least one of your lists, is Hereditary. Uh, the nah, horror out of Sundance. Uh, Tony Collette starring in it. it. Y'all will be able to see one for yourselves. A little girl was there too. You'll be able to see it with the little girl there. Yo, man, Ari Aster was on one for this one. It, it's mm-hmm. one of the most genuinely chilling things I've ever seen. Uh, I mean, it's, there's a lot of horrific things that happen, but maybe the most horrific thing that I've seen in movies in 2018 is something that's not supernatural, that's not demon-related. Yeah. It's a moment in uh, Hereditary. Yes, and the way that they deal with the, the emotions that their characters must have been feeling just is so feels so true to life and is so upsetting. Yeah. If this movie weren't horror, if it was just a drama about dealing with family trauma, mm-hmm. there's no way Tony Collette doesn't get an Oscar nomination. Mm. We agree, right? Oh yeah, this best is best performance of the year. Like, it's not even <laughs> close to anything else. Yeah, I've of, had this since both, January. Of, of men and women. Well, I don't classify <laughs> between genders. So to me, like this has been the best performance since I saw it. That scene that you talked about. What's first of all, you you talk about like it's too close. I think this is abuse. Have you seen his interviews? They keep telling Ari Aster, like, what did he do to deserve this? What he does to and it's like Alex should be getting some nominations too. He's really good. He's the one who makes that scene, then she comes in Mm -hmm. and kills it. And then he continues doing something like a later scene in the trailer where he smacks his head. But then she comes in and it's like she keeps overshadowing him and everything, the dinner scene, all that stuff, the bed scene. Uh, I hate Lady Gaga. I hate, I hate Lady Gaga. Stealing, stealing the Oscar from Tony. See, if Tony was in a room and there was 100 people in the room, <laughs> one person saw Tony, she would have gotten, she would have gotten it all the way. She is winning some stuff though, so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. yeah. What happens? Chasing number nine. Uh, wait, do we have to talk about hereditary if it's on our? List? I mean, if you want to talk if you about have her- it, no, no, no. You and I can talk about it later because we right. have it at the yeah, exact right. same point. Okay. Right. So uh, my number nine might actually surprise a lot of people. It was a movie I did not expect to like as much as I did. Uh, bad times at the El Royale really oh, surprised really? the shit out of me. Don't look at me. You don't you like it? Not number nine. Oh, yeah. Uh, thank you. Fact, thank you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was like, how do I say this? <laughs> Not number nine. Like I said, could be a movie that gets bumped out this week probably, but I really like Cabin in the Woods a lot. I think Drew Cabin Goddard. Woods, yeah, is a really uh, just fun movie. Mm-hmm. And I think this comes into like the personal bias of when I was a kid, I loved mystery stuff like Clue was my favorite board game. Oh, yeah, like, I guess I, I love that type of stuff, and Bad Times at the Al Royale is that just, like, blown up. I haven't like, seen it yet, but I've heard, it feels very retro dude, in a is. certain sense. Imagine, like, Clue shot like it's a Wes Anderson movie uh, in terms of, like, the color palette and some of the composition, yeah. and then just, like, all the twists you would expect from that kind of story. Cool. 
uh, in terms of that sense, it doesn't really do anything new, but the entire style of it, I love how the hotel, like, one side is Nevada and one side yeah. is, a, is a California, I think it is. Just, like, the little stuff like that just made it feel like it came to life. All the characters were super fun, super interesting. I just had a great time with it. I went in thinking, like, all right, this is going to be another movie I see this year. And I had a great time with it. Just another movie I see this year. <laughs> that's, that's how I felt. And then I went in. Uh, it's hard to talk about the scenes I like without mm-hmm. spoiling things, but there were so many times where a twist happened, and I'm like, oh, shit, I'm genuinely surprised right now. Like, this movie actually got me. So I highly recommend to people that skipped it this year. I think it's really good. Uh, like I said, we'll probably be bumped out by Roma and The Favorite and these other movies yeah. when I see them. But Bad Times Down Real is probably, like, the most entertained, I'd say, this entire year. Mm-hmm. So I think it definitely deserves a spot of I mentioning. Felt it was just a little too long. But I'll add something that I think will make you like the movie more. Mm-hmm. It was something that someone uh, added to me on my LME video that said, what Drew Goddard did to the horror genre. Uh, this is a shout-out to Kelsey. I don't know if he watches the podcast, but I know he's been on some Let there Me Explain videos. What Drew Goddard did to the horror genre, uh, at a whole other level of depth and complexity, he did to the Tarantino movie. So it's kind of interesting of saying that it's like... Yeah, he did the Hateful Eight better than the Hateful Eight, in my opinion. I think that's the the best way to put it, yeah. Yeah. Because there wasn't a Channing Tatum hiding in the floor, too. (laughs) Uh, This movie is essentially a critique of the era, and each character represents that demographic. You ready? Mm. Like, this this is... You know how I talk about my cluck moment? Yeah. And we talk about the eye patch, and sorry to bother you? Like, this, I want to say, is third in there. They say... Uh, the priest is literally a crook stealing money. Mm-hmm. Priest during that time yep. were all crooks stealing money. The cult leader shown to be exactly the same type of government he rejects, which is during the times of, uh, what's his name, that they're ma- Tarantino's making the movie on? Manson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, how he wanted to free people, mm-hmm. but he was... The, both the government and the anarchists thrive on sex and money, plus they play roulette with people's lives. The government agent pours them a coffee, and then they have to pay for it. The government gives you something you don't want and then taxes you for it. There's metaphors all over the film. And I was like, hmm. Mm. 56. Art, <laughs> <laughs> right, what is your number eight? My number eight, I'll put it up right here, is Mission Impossible Fallout. Awesome. Boys. I only believe in true indie cinema, <laughs> music box theater films. This deserves a recognition. Yeah. It is the Mad Max of this year. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I'm going to say I'm all in. <laughs> no, I 100%. Uh, when the Blu-ray came out, what did they say? They came out with a PSA yeah. announcement on how to watch how to their watch movies. movies. Yeah? Xavier yeah? Dolan's the only other person doing that. Yeah. Uh, where are all the other artsy people coming out talking about cinema? These guys are cinema <laughs> cinematic outdoors. <laughs> Turn off your television set. He's wearing the Top Gun costume and he's still there. Um, I saw this three times in IMAX. I think it lives up to every single scene. The behind the scenes are incredible. Seeing uh, your number one, you have a specific story about how it was practically a script you've had for the longest time yeah. come to life. Yeah. When he did the thing on the plane, mm-hmm. that's always been the one. There's two action scenes I want to <laughs> film. One involves a roller coaster. One mm-hmm. involves actually falling out of the sky and choreographing everything in the mm-hmm. sky. And Tom Cruise did it. When I saw the behind the scenes footage of the cameraman mm-hmm. literally jumping out with the camera on his head. And to know that they did that over a hundred times, I think is one of the most incredible sequences it's ever. It's a fair point. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, for that it's scene It's a movie alone, that goes there. That scene alone, yeah. But that's the thing, that's only one of the scenes, like the bathroom fight. That's just one. The bathroom incredible. fight is insane. The whole ending sequence with the cliff, which is mm. crazy. Do you know they had a screening there? 
Of the cliff? At the cliff. That's so funny. Oh, yeah. They had a hike up, and then yeah, they actually yeah. saw uh, the screening there. So Tom no. Cruise learned how to drive a helicopter. Not just uh, that. That one scene where he's running over the top of the roofs, mm-hmm. when he jumps over and he cracks Broke a ribbon and ankle. And he's still... And then the movie That's ends crazy. with, uh, please know my rib. Because yeah, it was still broken. He should be nominated for an Oscar. If it's not this year, he has to eventually, like... We have to recognize some sort of stunt work that yeah. goes into it, I feel like. Yeah. But that's that's my number crazy. eight. I mean, if, if people can get rewarded for gaining weight for a role, why can't he be rewarded for eight months of Killing helicopter? Himself for, yeah. almost, for almost dying yeah. on multiple stunts. Uh, my number eight, I'm almost 100% sure this is going to show up on both of your lists, so I'm not going to say anything about it. I'll let you guys get to it later. It's Widows. Chase, what's your number eight? <laughs> uh, number eight is a movie that I know Art's going to talk about heavily eventually. Uh, ser- <laughs> searching was uh, it was great. You Did it live up, up to the hype that I said in Sundance? I mean, it's not my number one of the year, so maybe it's not. top five, but, ten. But it's great. The uh, the opening sequence is up. probably maybe top comparable of the to year. up. Yeah. Google's up. It's at least top two or three scenes of the year. Mm-hmm. Her sequences absolutely insane. Yep. Uh, it was a film that. Like Bad Times at El Royale, whenever there was a twist, a lot of these movies that, like, you know going in there's going to be twists, like, you kind of see them coming in a way. Searching was one of the ones where, like, I got caught off guard a yeah. lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, one of the more truly surprising movies yeah, this I, year. I know as, like, an Easter egg person, uh, there were many hints, like, in the beginning that I called, I was like, oh, shit, like, that's, like, recognizing my brain that comes up later. Yeah. The whole... Oh, when you watch it again, man. <laughs> I would not have known there was a secret movie in the background if he didn't... Tell me ahead of Shouts time. Shouts to Sev. Thank yeah, you for letting us of know. Of course, of course. But he t- him tell me ahead of time, like, yo, there's a secret movie in here. And, like, me, on my first viewing, like, seeing that blew me away. Uh, it's just, like, it's refreshing to see because Unfriended kind of ruined this idea. Mm-hmm. In and a it's way. the same people. Yeah. It's, so it's so interesting. By. It's so interesting to see a producer really? who, who, you know, producers, they produce, right? Yeah. yeah. I want this type of story, mm-hmm. and they got an Unfriended, and they got an Unfriended too. Yeah. But that within that crop of people who just want a story being told, sometimes you give your money to the right dudes, mm-hmm. and they come up with this. Because this could have been just something else. Yeah. They literally probably didn't have to do anything other than another Unfriended. Mm-hmm. And they created yeah no and they're, they're genuinely doing some eight? eight movie of the year eight's pretty high though and yeah. that know. is high like people forget it's like there's a bunch of movies anything yeah. that makes the top twenty should be really good. yeah exactly like yeah. these are all really good and Absolutely. I think I know it's not really like an an award contender this year but best editing, editing easily should something easily be thrown in there yeah especially as we know from talking to Seb yeah. all the extra work that the editors there's a video out there I haven't been able to see it. Uh, I, the only way to find it is uh, Houston Productions, who's uh, I've done some stuff with. Has he been on the show? Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. I can't remember. I'm old. He's done uh, the show Houston Productions. He did one Shout on searching Houston. recently. Go watch his video. Within there, he has one that's uh, actually timestamp, and I think he has a link for it of a dude who actually talked with the editor, sat there, and they showed him like the bits and pieces. Cool. I still need to watch that video, but I highly recommend Houston's video either way. Dude, I can't even imagine the making of it like alone, uh, and then one, all the story bits. Yeah. One oh. last thing on searching. I feel like there's a lot of movies that've been getting a lot of hype this year. This is one of the ones that has been very easy to recommend to people. Right. Not a lot of I, people. A I said that since yeah. yeah. I said Not that a lot of people have been like watching this and disliking it in my in my experience yeah. at least so i feel like it pretty much across the board Same. if you're interested in movies it's kind of a movie uh-huh. you should look out for art number seven the miseducation of cameron post cool 
the grand prize winner out of Sundance. That went nowhere other than my list, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it got a little bit dumped this summer, but you and I both That's liked sad. it quite a bit. To my top ten. Mm-hmm. Better than Ben is back. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with Ben is back. I never saw Ben is back. It's just y'all haven't seen Miseducation the Cameron Post. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. Like, if you like Ben is back, that's good. I'm not saying it's a bad. I'm just saying that's a. I think you're thinking Boy Erased. What did I say? Ben, ben is, is back. back. That's what I'm saying. Lucas Hedges is trash. <laughs> so I just mix all his performances together because he does nothing different in, in every fair, single one fair. of them. So, Talk about a Golden Globe so, nominee. So, Wavery Gallery. <laughs> Zach and I went to go see Lucas Hedges the other day, and <laughs> I. <laughs> this I is not, true. This isn't his sarcasm. I am not a <laughs> and big. And you still Lucas. thought he was bad. I had live. to see it for myself. <laughs> Lucas Hedges is live. Because I saw live. it on the screen. I'm like, maybe, you know, maybe this, when Tom Cruise told you turn off that thing, the te- uh, maybe they did it at the theater, and that was affecting his performance, <laughs> so I couldn't have it filtered. It's like a band. Sometimes you got to see it live to really get it. Yeah. But you still didn't but get you, it. You finally. No, I was there. You came to the conclusion. Grandma. <laughs> grandma, I'm going to the store. No one oh, use the excuse that the grandma had dementia in the play. No, Lucas Hedges is trash. Um, but the movie he was in, Boy Erased, Ben is back, uh, Boys was right. good. It's a cinematic universe. But it's nowhere close to the miseducation of Cameron Post. And I almost feel bad, I'll Agreed. say this, because every time that we've talked about it, people always feel, and I, and I made a joke about it and people took it too serious, uh, if you were to say, like, Boy Erased, like, Boy Erased explained, uh, in one sentence, go watch miseducation of <laughs> Cameron Post, people then go like, why would you compare the two? And as someone who... When, when I was like rooting for Coco coming out, they were like, this movie was already made, it was called Day of Life. I was like, no, there's 27 Netflix movies yeah. being released every minute uh, for Christmas. Two movies that are kind of similar, all of a sudden you want to compare them. And that's kind of what's pegging the two together. Like I keep saying. But I think there's also just like a clear you know, like difference in quality down. and a difference in how they approach the story where. That's uh, not even my thing. My thing is that one got so much more attention than the other one true. that literally got dumped. True, true, true. I think the people. Over at Edgerton's camp had something to do with it. Yeah. He was making this movie, this one, and it was getting ready to like blow up. And Edgerton said, "Not today, buff." Everyone's saying Boy Race is bad. I didn't see. No, it, I don't think like, it's bad. I, but I, the gift was pretty good, which made me like interested in like who? checking out the gift. The gift. His last. Joel's oh yeah, no, movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. I'm not in that okay. camp of thinking it's a bad movie or. A it's not movie. as good as Miseducation. It's just not as good as Miseducation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like fair. like this is that's the good movie. This is the prime example of what you want those type of stories to be. Okay. I mean, Cameron Post is pretty, pretty good. Yeah, they, they spoiled the ending in the poster. In the actual still poster, good. yeah, <laughs> literally spoiled the last shot. Uh, my number seven is one that you put in your honorable honorable mentions. It's Tully. I thought this was a really hey. Really, no, I would have. I want to check this out. Okay, no, because yeah. I would. I wouldn't mind if it if I put it up any higher. I actually have it. It's that good. I specifically. Damn. It's Jason Reitman's, Reitman's best movie in a couple of years yeah. at least. Uh, I think it's a really interesting perspective on like having children and motherhood and mm-hmm. just ha- the crushing weight of responsibility that comes with it, uh, as well as the ways in which we develop as people and how we still carry like elements of our younger selves with us. There's a lot of really interesting stuff here. Really great performances. My girl Mackenzie Davis, Charlize Theron. this guy. <laughs> he really likes it. I think it's it's a pretty pretty great movie, uh, and I know some people weren't so happy about the They're twist wrong. at the yeah. end. I thought it's a really great twist, and it's been done similarly, but never quite like this. Yeah. So I think the third act resolution is super like like 
this is good. Yeah. Like, this is something that should be talked about, not spoiled, but talked about. This is a great turn of events. That said, the whole movie does something with because of that. Yeah. That I, it, it would not have the effect. You know when you watch, like, a movie? None of us are parents here. You watch, like, a movie, and you're like, that oh, man. That's... That's... <laughs> 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 hey, yeah. take it easy. Uh, you watch a movie, and you're like... They, they're telling you how to be a parent. You're like, that sucks. Man, he looks tired. This actually makes you like it makes you feel the anxiety of being a mother. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, I can wait till 37. As IGN <laughs> would say, it makes you feel <laughs> <laughs> like a mom. Yeah, uh, I like this movie a lot. Damn, that makes me want to check it out more. No, you should. Sure. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. What is your number seven, Chase? Uh, it's a movie I feel like is not on a lot of people's lists. I know I mentioned it one time, and Art was like, nah, it's bad, but I disagree. Uh, Assassination Nation, I absolutely love. Yeah, I haven't seen this yet. I went in not knowing a single thing about it. Uh, if you don't know what it's about, I'm not going to spoil what it's about. <laughs> just, just go check it out, I swear. Let me, let me do it for you. All right. When I saw it at Sundance, you're going to love Sundance. All the, like, most of your movies are up there. Really? The only reason I saw this movie was, was because it said, in the town of Salem... Everyone wants to kill each other. This is a 1,000% true story. That was the pitch rate. I said, how did they let this? Right, yeah, so I'm seeing everything. Not a, a typo. A coming of age story of so-and-so. Through the precautions of life and adolescence, so-and-so. See, this like is 1,000% true. But that fits the, the style the of style the style of the movie. That's what got yeah. me. I was like, oh, dang, this movie's yeah. going to be crazy. Yeah. There is... See, this is a movie I, I want to talk about bad, but I feel like if you go in knowing nothing, you'll enjoy it so much more. Mm-hmm. I think stylistically, it's the coolest movie of the year, besides one I'm going to talk about in a couple. But it, it was fun. It was funny. It was cinematically impressive. The one shot is incredible. I was going to say that one. It's the good. One it's up there with uh, Kareen's um, Spring Breakers. Oh, oh, Harmony Corinne's. Yeah, 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 it's up there with that. And Bling Ring's it, it one. Has, it's a long one take, dude. It's like five minutes. It's crazy. It's, and it's like okay. action-packed. And you're okay. like, there's no cut? Like, what are you doing? Like, it was Bro, they do insane. the Kubrick stairs. Like, you're like, how dude, did they it even... It was like Kubrick-esque, yeah. right? But it was gory. Uh, it didn't hold back from anything. Uh, there's just a lot of imagery that's still burned in my mind from it that I really like. And it's a, it's a movie I feel like I would want to watch like once a year. It feels like one of those that's okay. like really fun. I just feel like if more people watched it, it would just be on a lot more people's lists. So I recommend it. I think Assassination Nation is dope. Uh, there's a lot I could talk about, but I think if you go in like I did, not knowing a single thing about it, you're going to enjoy it a lot more. So You should start seven. a YouTube channel. Yeah, I really Where should. you can talk about movies. Just Assassination Maybe call it a Phoenix review. And, yeah. and be able to explain your thoughts. Yeah, you know, that would be a really cool yeah. place to... And then maybe actually make videos for it. <laughs> so we'll see. Arturo, what's your number six? Uh, Widows. Okay, cool. I'll save it till we get to his spot. Sounds good. Damn. My number six is First Reformed. Uh, I r- saw this a okay. little bit late. I was really into it. I think it's a really interesting movie. It's a pretty quiet movie. You know, it's very contemplative. Uh, this is one of those movies where there's scenes where people sit down and have like a 10-minute conversation that doesn't cut away, and mm. you just have to kind of get in captured by this conversation or you're not going to be with it. But the ways that it is sort of dealing with like existential thoughts and the relationship between God and earth and the idea of morality when it comes to bringing children into the world. I think there's a lot of really cool, big questions that Mm. actually get addressed in this movie. I think it has a very interesting uh, progression and ending. 
I think Ethan Hawke is really, really good in the lead role here. Uh, and I just love how personal it feels, you know. Uh, it really feels like this is Paul Schrader's anxieties being written mm -hmm. into a script. It really feels like somebody talking to you in a way. So yeah. I really enjoyed First Reformed. I saw it back when I was in theaters. I really liked it when I first saw it, and I kind of like it less the more. No, not Why? like. I don't think it's bad. I still think it's good. Are but you Jewish? I'm, no. <laughs> I'm, I've noticed a I'm something. <laughs> I'm something that I'm still figuring out. No, for real. I've noticed that. Jews like it more? It's on everyone's really? top 10. Every Jewish critic that I know, it's on their top 10. It's really? not number one. Is David Ehrlich Jewish? I think so. Is His it? last name's Ehrlich. What are you talking about? I don't know. I don't. Do you need a hook? Anyway, a like, I still think I still think it's pretty good. It's weird. I like I like the weird shit more than I like the non weird shit in the movie. In the movie if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's one of those things that it does a really interesting job of balancing stuff that's very, very mm -hmm. real and mm -hmm. stuff that's far out and bizarre. Right. It's a movie I still think is good. I'm really better curious to, talk to about... see what I would think after I watch it a second time now. If that makes yeah. sense. I think there's a lot of movies like that. But it doesn't, but yeah. This fits in that category mm -hmm. for me. You just deleted, what, what your, do you whole, you deleted your whole list. I almost did. What I've been saying with it, it's one of those movies that's like, okay, that was a cool experience. I think talking about it is cooler than re-watching the movie. It's I, a I'm, weird opinion I have, but there's a bunch of movies where I would rather I can talk about it for three times the the run the, the yeah. runtime of the film. And I don't know that's if that makes movie. it better or worse, but no, it... I, who, this whole list is pointless. Y'all know that. Right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> I feel... No one know, actually lot, cares about the list. A lot of people do it in the beginning. No one cares about a list. If you care yeah. about a list, it's dumb. If you disagree with us, who cares? It's, it's just... It's just love the you like. Yeah. Comment below. For me, uh, First Reformed, that one scene where he's talking to them about, like, y'all care about the Bible, right? He's like, yes, we love his... But in the Bible, it's like, God made those. <laughs> and you're all tearing them down. Like, it's a good conversation piece. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, there's great scenes in the movie, and I, I definitely think... I can't think of another actor who has it more than Ethan Hawke this year. Yeah. Like, I really don't. Yeah, that's probably my favorite male lead performance. I want to say so. Yeah. Um, can you think of someone? My mid-90s crew. Oh, okay. oh the, the, we'll, we'll get, get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Chase, what is your number six? Uh, no, it's a movie you're both high on. Eighth Grade. Uh, yeah. Bo Burnham's oh, okay. debut. Yeah. Uh, I've been saying it since I saw the YouTubers movie, in a way, because so many people can relate to it. Uh, we actually had a conversation about this, too. We're working on a video for yeah, it. But um, I think it just... I went in thinking it was going to be another A24 coming-of-age movie. Yep. And I got an A24 coming-of-age horror movie that I really appreciated. Uh, I think the way, because Bo Burnham's notorious for his comedy skits of, like, always talking about anxiety and making jokes out of it. And he portrayed anxiety in the most perfect way. Like, not too in-your-face, mm -hmm. not too subtle, kind of like this middle ground yeah. where it really worked super well. Uh, the main girl, Elsie Fisher, incredible. Uh, I'm really happy she's getting some award recognition. If Tony Golden Globe nomination, it, I'm really happy she is. Yeah. Uh, I think she's going to do some really good things. Yeah, uh, going back to that years. point you had about anxiety, Bo Burnham has been saying this thing again and again in mm -hmm. interviews that I find really uh, on point that being shy is often not the unwillingness to speak, but mm -hmm. the lack of knowing what to say. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's really well depicted in And that in just completely sums up the entire movie. Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> the, just like when, when it's dramatic, it works. When it's comedic, it works. Yeah. 
like the whole chicken nugget thing is hilarious. The whole pool oh, scene, no, the chicken pool scene, anything, you man. feel the like the anxiety to mm-hmm. the tenth. Uh, there's just a lot of things. I know when I was in eighth grade, I would hear this song that my teacher would play during. Death. Yeah, that's what t- that he, yeah. he was tweaking when that when yeah. he saw the trailer. Like, and it, to me, like that type of shit just speaks to me. I'm like, damn, like this feels like a movie that was made for me. And it's always good to see those movies. Uh, and then like the political stuff, like the school shooting scene. The, I is think incredible. The, the best school shooting commentary yeah. in Ever. media. In media. Ever. And it's followed up with the kid talking shit under see, his desk. See, yeah. the, the thing is, that catches me off guard every single time. Boom, you're dead. Boom, you're dead. It catches me off guard every single time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the hell was this in this movie? Yeah. And I guess why it keeps catching me off guard is because I'm surprised there aren't a ridiculous amount of think pieces Same. about that specific scene. Yeah. There's a bunch about the car scene. Yeah, the car scene that happens with her later in the movie. I haven't rewatched the movie yet. That's the only scene I would take out. I still don't really. I feel like rewatch it. I feel like rewatch it. That's fair. We had an interesting conversation about this because I feel like it's a a movie that's going for a lot of relatability, and that thing does happen a lot. But I feel like it almost limits like the relatability. It makes it a smaller. Might not be a bad thing for people, but for me, when I was watching, I was like, I'm relating to everything. I get that part. I'm like, it takes me out for a bit. That's a personal thing. It's a personal thing. I think that adds to the ending scene with the chicken nuggets. I think without that scene, you don't see the uh, definition of a true man <laughs> with the chicken nugget kid. Yeah. That's my opinion Thanks, about Jeff. it. Art, you're number five. Well, Zach, my <laughs> number five, after taking two and a half hours to think about it, as we clearly didn't go anywhere, I would say it's to be sorry to bother you. I took enough time to think about it. Yeah. Took a little break. Uh, it's on Hulu, so literally yeah. anyone can watch Sorry to Bother You. You saw it, right? I did. You couldn't even die. Right. <laughs> what? We talked about this before. I thought Sorry to Bother You was like first half great, second half, I wasn't into it. It gets really insane yeah. as it goes along. I don't think it's bad in the second half. It's just not for me. Yeah. So, Have I explained it to you? So, yeah. The love tie? Yeah. And I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> You put this at number three on your list. I ended up putting this. Oh, sorry. You put this at five. Right, I yeah. put it at number three on my list. <laughs> oh, when did it get up? You put it at three? Yeah, yeah. Uh, honestly, it would be higher. It might actually swap out with the other one. I just, you know, I can't. Yeah, I can't no. I'm, I mean, I thought this was just one of the most endlessly creative movies it's of the year. It's super creative. The not way just that it's in, shot. Not just in terms story. of the screenplay. Yeah, like the way it's shot, the way that he literally drops into these rooms making these mm. telemarketing calls, the use of the white voice in voiceover. Like, it's, it's very, very creative. Uh, has a lot to say. Yeah, and how it plays to uh, what's, uh, especially that whole little beef that he had with what's his Spike name, Lee. where he practically called him mm-hmm. Cassius Boots Green. Riley. He yeah. said, "You don't realize that you are actually a, a plant or whatever else," and which is a part of the story, which is, uh, which I think is one of the coolest aspects, scariest aspects. Um, he wanted to create his own riots before the riots happened. Mm. That's insane. Yeah, like he wanted to infiltrate and create an MLK on his side. That's weird. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, my number five is Black Klansman. Oh, okay. uh, This is, you know, like I said, the movies that are between like five and 15 for me are all kind of interchangeable. And ultimately, I just decided to go with Black Klansman because I had such a vivid reaction to the ending of that movie. I think anybody who's seen that movie knows that uh, Spike Lee does a really interesting job of tying an older story into modern times and showing parallels in terms of American society. Too and similar. Yeah, it's, that's the thing. It's just like... It really strikes home, and uh, I had mentioned on the podcast that I was in Charlottesville, like for the counter protesting thing. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. um, so it's like 
it, it just it's a movie that kind of hit home. Uh, I saw it a year after I was in Charlottesville. Yeah, that's exactly when it came out. Yeah, exactly, and uh, and I think it's just one of the most alive feeling Spike Lee movies in quite some time. Mm -hmm. uh, there's definitely a dip in quality in the middle of that movie, but I think there's so much interesting stuff being dealt with. Uh, it's one of my one of the movies I thought about most this year. What do you think of the criticisms? Boots Riley's criticisms. Boots Riley's criti uh, criticisms. About well, first of all, I put Boots's movie on uh, uh, top of this one, uh -huh. so Boots shouldn't complain to me. Uh, it, Boot, no, I think Boots makes a lot of really interesting points, and yeah. I think about it being fake. I think I think there's a. I don't disagree with anything Boots Riley said to uh, disparage Black Klansmen, but I think his argument is one that's about the grand scheme of media and policing mm -hmm. and, and the way that things in a large, uh, taking the, the entirety of media and how, what that does yeah. versus just taking this one movie. I, think yeah. there, I don't think there's anything wrong with Spike's movie. I think Spike's movie is part of a wider Which wrong Which is what he was trend. saying. He says you're being used and you don't even know it. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> You tell somebody else that. Oh, you thought your movie was deep? You're being used. <laughs> you like you like Black Lantern, right? I do like Black Lantern. I don't know why. Why is did I not log it in? I don't even know where I put it. It's not. Oh, there it is. There it is. Yeah, I know. I had a twenty nine. Yeah, that's pretty high. I had a pretty high. I really like oh. that movie. You're yeah. more even. It's like he's more on performance. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know. I like the story a lot. I like the acting a lot. You don't like the wins? No, I just felt like I think Spike Lee's really hit or miss. Like, Do the Right Thing to me is one of the best movies yeah. of all time. Like, yeah. it's peak Spike Lee. And then this to me felt like a Spike Lee wannabe directing sometimes. I don't know. It just like, it didn't work for me. But I don't think it's like bad. Yeah. You know I mean, it's just one of those movies for me. It, I, I definitely don't think it's like the best he's done or anything mm. like that. But it it's certainly one of the most. Uh, interesting stories that he's touched in quite some time and I, I like I said it just really resonated with me I don't know how much of that is personal how much of it is really the yeah, movie yeah. the you movie's credit but too. yeah exactly so I, I I have it at number five Fair. how about you number five five Suspiria is a film I've talked about on this podcast before yeah have you seen it yet no that, you gotta see it I know it's, so you just have like a, a side to choose from <laughs> I, I can't I, settle this debate I even since I came on last time, I love it way more the more I think about it. It's just, it was a great time. I had a great time anyway. It, it was long, but didn't feel long. It, it kind of felt long, but it felt like interesting every single second. I, all the acting was great. I didn't mention this last time. <laughs> I didn't mention this last time I was on. I knew Taylor, uh, Taylor I always said Taylor Swift. Tilda Swift. <laughs> I knew Taylor Swift. Yeah, she, she hit in the energy. I knew, I knew you were in trouble when you came in. I knew Tilda Swinton going in played an old man. Yeah. And the entire time I'm waiting, who's this old man character she's going You're for? You're an idiot. How could you not tell? I'm an idiot? She was so convincing as that old man. It's unreal. My sister was it's like... Tilda. My sister was like, oh no, it was the old man that was in like 45% of this movie. And I lost my fucking mind. I was like, there's no... You thought that's not like an old man. I thought that was a real actor. I was like, where have I seen this guy in other movies before? I thought you that saw him in the Six Flags commercials where you saw him. Maybe, maybe that's it, because he looks like <laughs> she, she killed it. She killed it. No. Even, even, I will even, try even, to yeah. settle this debate at some point. Yeah, but, okay. to, but visually, no, no, no. visually... Her voice. 
You you tell me her you heard voice, that voice and you her said, voice oh, that's sounded like an old man. No, it didn't. It sounded like Channing Tatum saying, "My name's Jeff." I, <laughs> I fell for it. I had no clue the entire time. I think she should be nominated for best actor personally because <laughs> it was incredible. The visual effects <laughs> are <Best actor. laughs> visual effects are stunning. The just oh. everything. I watched the behind the scenes about the uh, the dance scene. Yeah. Uh, of all that. Where he supposedly tortured her. Yeah. Saying it's all physical. And it was totally it's worth CGI, it because yeah. it's incredible to look at. It is. We uh, talked a little bit earlier on, in this video about uh, top moments of the year. Yeah. I know Suspiria is nowhere near your top movies of the year, no, but the is that... so great. Yeah. 100%. That, movie, that moment's crazy. Yeah. Mm. All five <laughs> extra minutes of it. Two. Great after credit scene. For sure. <laughs> I, I loved everything about this movie. You know I he wants to make a sequel. I know, and I can't wait. I want four more. <laughs> I want Suspiria 4. And I'm, I'm, I'll be there, for sure. Everyone loves calling me by your name. I like to call me by your name. Love Suspiria right now. Yeah, it's my number five. That's, an, that's a no for me. Yeah. And I should also mention all top five of these movies are in some of my favorite movies of all time now. That I've, I'm slowly building wait, a Suspiria is in your favorite movies of all time? Yeah, it's building there. Dude, I've never had an experience like that in a theater. Where I was Pain? so like... Where it was so wild and enjoyable. I'm telling you. All right. What's your number four of 2018? Speaking of pain, would you be my neighbor? <laughs> I can't think of two more polar opposite movies See, that's than what Suspiria, I like Suspiria and would you be my neighbor. Because if he was still around, he wouldn't like me watching stuff like Suspiria. Would you be not, Suspiria would be uh, Mr. Rogers' favorite movie of all time. No, it would not. <laughs> Get so mad, and when I tie my shoes, <laughs> you would play clips for the kids. Uh, no, this movie was fantastic. Documentary. Was? I don't know if it's my own bias. Like I always talk about how, like uh, senior year of high school, my buddy and I would, would like literally buy cardigans <laughs> and just wear them, and have the Mister Rogers lifestyle. Uh, That's how you relate. <laughs> no, no, I mean like he's always like been a part of like I guess my discussion with my friends sounds like a weird thing to say but it's like I guess like Sesame Street I don't have any connection to Sesame Street but to some people it's like of course Sesame Street like that's that was a go-to thing yeah it's just uh, part of your like internal exactly yeah so like for me it was like oh yeah Mr. Rogers was always like something that was on and it was, it was, it was like static noise yeah. in a sense um, and the, the, the two parts in the documentary would have been this one when you realize that all the good things Mr. Rogers did literally go to court and fight for like kids uh film rights, mm-hmm. excuse me, TV rights, and still people told him to go burn in hell, I think is, like, the biggest lesson. People think it's, like, who who can I inspire to be that, that like, is super motivated? No, forget that. Look mm-hmm. at the people who, are complete, who get completely and utterly trashed and continue to still do what they do. Mm-hmm. It's true. And then you're going to wimp out when, like, oh, your, I don't know, YouTube channel doesn't blow up, or you got a bad comment, or this <laughs> and do well. It's, like, th- this dude was almost a saint, practically a saint, and uh, he got a bunch of crap for it. Second one was when the 9-11 thing happens. Mm, crazy. There's only one thing scarier than, uh, like, actual attack. horror. Well, I was going to say terrorist attack, but it's seeing the person where you're like, oh, that guy's got it. Mm. And then they don't got it. Yeah. Like, the scene where, he's, where he literally questions what the point of Mr. Rogers has been if stuff like this still happens. And they tell him, no, but you, like, you need to speak Yeah, to we people. need you now. Like, your voice, I don't think you understand how important it is. And, like, that moment behind the scenes where he just goes, the what's the point? It's like, ooh, don't do that. Because now I'm ripping reality from, like... <laughs> yeah, uh, I caught up with that recently. It's a really, really strong documentary. 
Uh, I actually kind of love the note that it ends on, uh, that kind of leaves Mr. Rogers for a second, where he, he kind of... When everyone thinks... Of, when you're talking damn about... Damn, and I completely forgot. Okay, that solidifies it definitely in my top five. And everyone thinks about that one person. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things that, like, it damn. takes the movie... It makes the movie a little bit bigger than the documentary who's for a Mr. second. Who's, Mr. who's your Mr. Rogers? Mm-hmm. And I, 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 that was a moment that really kind of hit me more mm -hmm. than I was expecting at the end of a really good movie. Mm -hmm. So definitely highly recommend Won't You Be My Neighbor. That's great. My number four is The Favorite. I, I am really, really into this latest Yorgos Lanthimos movie. Uh, it's the way that it's a subversion of the period piece and how it, it just finds this way to both be proper and silly. I think the performances in it are really great. I love Olivia Coleman in it. Uh, the He just has a way of getting to this really mannered style of humor that really works on me. Um, and to get me to buy in this much to a period piece, it must be doing something special. So I was, I was really a big fan of uh, this one. It's not my favorite from Yorgos Lanthimos, but I'm, I really enjoyed it. I was about to say, I can't wait to see this. I love Yorgos' art stuff. I, this might be a bias, I hate two things. I hate westerns, I hate period pieces in this time period. Yeah. So, everyone's saying, relax, it's a different type of period piece, so I'm still, like, cautiously optimistic. I think I'm going to end up liking it just because I uh, love the lobster, love mm. killing a sacred deer. Yeah, why are you looking at me like that? You don't like westerns? No, westerns are boring. They're so boring. They are, like, what Spielberg said about, like, Western, or superhero movies being the new Western. How old were you when your dad left? Uh, 22. <laughs> 20, 22? Is it happening soon? I don't know. But, yeah, Westerns are just boring. I don't know. Yeah. I like Westworld because it's a spin on it. Everyone's like, yo, the good, bad, and the ugly, top five of all time. I disagree. It's More like not. the bad and the ugly. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that. What's wrong with you all? I don't care if we're recording at 3.25 in the morning right now. You guys are losing it. Westerns are not bad. I hope you hate I'm, the favorite. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm saying they're boring. Then why are you excited for Buster Scruggs then? I'm not. <laughs> I'm intrigued because of the Coen brothers. I'm going to watch it. You really it. don't like The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly? It's fine. I watched it. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it, though. Before we get too derailed. <laughs> Art, what's your number three? My number three is a movie that may not even be as good as I think it is, mid-90s, depending on who you ask. Mm. Might get lower. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Yeah. All right, I'm, I think we'll get back to that in a bit. My number three was Sorry to Bother You, which we talked about at your number five. Chase? So, I got to do my number four first, actually. Oh, so, did we skip you? I think. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, good, yeah. No, yeah, for good, good reason, too. <laughs> got to sidetrack with the Western thing. So too many people here. <laughs> we got to uh, try. Anyways, 310 to Yuma. I recently <laughs> saw it this year. My number four is The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. <laughs> but my, my number four is um, Widows, which I went oh, in. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, optimistic in a way. I've really never been a huge Steve McQueen fan, honestly. Mm -hmm. I've seen Hunger and 12 Years a Slave. I thought they were both like... 12 Years a Slave, a Western right. to you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were both all right. <laughs> I've, said this, I've said this before it's just like Hunger I kind of got bored with the entire mm -hmm. time 12 Years a Slave like I thought was it worked for what it was but it just had like this feeling of like it's just not working like if you're putting it in the same place as Schindler's List to me it was never reaching that level for me 
So I see the trailer for Widows, and it just looks like another... The like, trailer is trash. Yeah, another... Widows trailer is Another trash. Taken-esque movie, and mm-hmm. I was like... Because <laughs> he's... Alright, I guess this is a movie made by a pretty talented director, considered by most And a writer. And a writer, that's true. Uh, and this movie kind of blew me away in many aspects. It's so much deeper than a heist movie. And it's another one where you can't really talk about a lot without spoiling things, but there's so many little things yeah. in this movie. There's little details where you look at it and the way he talks about race in this movie especially, mm. he does it so perfectly subtly. Because I think a lot a problem with a lot of movies is it's so in your face that's like, yes, we understand, like mm-hmm. we get it, it's a problem. The way he implements it in this movie is incredible. And I, I can't spoil it. I don't what, what is it? Uh, there's a scene, it's literally spoiling like the last five minutes, so I don't know if I what? should say it. So, am I allowed to say it? I'll skip, cut around it or Skip something. like 30 seconds. So, when, um, fucking, what's the old guy's name? Colin Farrell's dad. Colin Farrell's dad. Uh, Robert Duvall. Yeah, he dies, right? And on the radio they say like, oh, because of the death of this father, like, uh, Colin Farrell won the poll because they feel bad for him. Where the dude running against him lost his brother the same night, and nothing is said about it. You know what I mean? Damn. Stuff like that. The thing when um, Viola Davis is arguing with Liam Neeson in bed, like, oh, our son would be alive if I didn't marry you. Mm-hmm. And then you cut to 30 minutes later, and the whole cop thing happens. Like, that type of stuff comes back, and you're like, shit, he's implementing this stuff early on. The car scene, the one shot with Colin Farrell. Yep. We've talked I, about I that know before. because where it's, it's, that happens all the time. They go down the street in Chicago. he's talking okay. about it, and then it cuts to a black guy driving. It's crazy. It's so subtle. Yeah. It's, it it's little things like, oh, you think it needs to be in your face. No, it's, it's all around you the entire yeah. time. You're just not paying attention. Yeah, course. I mean, that's the thing. When you get a director like Stephen McQueen the opportunity to take on like a genre picture like that, mm-hmm. he's just going to have all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. He, he filled that movie with really interesting text and subtext. Mm-hmm. It's in every frame, you know, just the way that Viola Davis walks Mm -hmm. tells you about how she, tells you about how she lives and how she's grown comfortable and it is not necessarily like Mm -hmm. down to get like into the gritty crime world. Mm -hmm. That's not her life. Thing is so good. Yeah. It's getting. We didn't talk about SAG at all. It's being snubbed obnoxiously by everybody. Not just SAG. What, Golden Globes. It, yeah. Is it David or Daniel Kaluuya? Which one? Daniel. Daniel, Daniel Kaluuya kills it in this movie. He was scary as hell so in this movie. Both scenes. The um the first scene where they take the two guys out of the dumpster and then yeah. like the cameras going around him. Awesome. The bowling alley scene. Top three of the year for me personally. Over the rap scene. The rap scene. The rap scene where he goes to the to the basketball oh, yeah, yeah. court. I like both of them a lot. I like the bowling scene more though. Okay. Dude, taking a guy that's like kind of paralyzed and like stabbing him like that—that's pretty brutal. That's brutal. Let's be honest. Yeah. Great movie. Great movie. So that was your number four. So what's your number three? Uh, my number three is a movie I also talked about on this podcast before. Uh, Annihilation. Yeah. Was a film that. That's blew. the film we first brought you yeah, on yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. I, I had that as eleven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, just missed out. Just because of Confetti <laughs> Ugly, you bring it back. No, was I, it actually I, I, Annihilation. Oh, it's actually 11. Yeah. All right. All right. I thought you were messing with me. Right. Sheesh. Uh, this movie blew me away. I felt like I had a, an existential journey. Mm-hmm. One of the best sequences the of the year. It's uh, mm-hmm. That ending. Yeah. It's very intriguing. The entire first two hours and the last 20 minutes just becomes a different beast that I absolutely loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of movies like this I would call pretentious. I yep. would think uh, there's no meaning. It's pointless. I had a true like experience how like people talked about 2001 and they had like an experience with it the first time they watched it. 
really felt like that with Annihilation. I thought the score was the best of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was great. Uh, the whole last act is phenomenal. Uh, everything before that, I was still into, like, I think the whole mystery thing still delivers Tattoo for what going it is. from one body to yep. the other body. <laughs> Tattoo stuff. Uh, we've talked if you're about an intellectual, that. if you're an intellectual. If you're an anti-intellectual, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, then you don't. Probably the <laughs> Art, did you understand it? No. <laughs> I was only there for the no aliens. Clue. No clue. <laughs> <laughs> no I had Annihilation at 14 on my list. I, I'm also on the train to intellectual. Yeah. I, I think overall everyone really liked it, but I, I loved it. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Possibly my favorite sci-fi movie of the decade. I love Interstellar a lot personally too, so it could be that. But uh, yeah, loved it. That was great. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, being Natalie Portman's best friend <laughs> that I ran into her. Yeah, yeah, supporter. I mean, yeah. Did you say you're number three? Mid nineties. Okay, so then what's yeah. your number two? Mm-hmm. You did your number three already. Mm-hmm. So we're in top two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's getting getting real. Hereditary. The same one. Yeah. The same one. Hereditary. Okay, cool. Yeah. What do you got? Did you not? You didn't talk about it. What? Talk about Hereditary. No, I want to hear yours because we both have Hereditary. <laughs> I have Minding the Gap. Okay, you just watched it the other day. Yeah. Which one do we want to talk about first? You talk about Hereditary. Okay, it's good. What do you think about? <laughs> it's good. I said this the, the last podcast. I remember coming out of Hereditary. It was the second movie that I saw this past year at Sundance. Then it was that early. In the it was that early. It was the first day. Set first the night, bar high. First night we got there, I said, I'm watching this movie, A24, Ari Aster. He made a jacked up movie called the Keeping Up with the Johnsons. I've heard. I, I still so. haven't watched it yet. You have no idea what it's about? I, I just know he made it. That's all I know. You have about. no idea what it's about? No. I can't wait to watch it. You know what it's about? Is oh. it a short or is it a feature? It's a short, right? No, you're like, like you don't know anything about the movie. Should we watch it I didn't tonight? even know the title. <laughs> no, you have no idea. The first minute, it, you're gonna, you're probably gonna puke. Can we watch this tonight? <laughs> yes, 100. Okay, wow. I'm not gonna spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it. Go cool. watch it. I thought I, I was under the assumption everyone knew he made the short film. He he did it like for South by oh. Southwest years ago. Everyone just said this is his first movie. Three years like, after, right. like the short film blew up online and everyone was talking sure. about it. So then when I saw, it, I was like, yo, he made that really jacked up short film. Like it's messed up. It's not scary. It's horrendous. So then I see this one, I was like, I gotta go see it. Uh, the cast looked pretty good. The uh-huh. poster really won me over of the way that the house was there. Yeah. I walk in there, I see this little girl. I was like, oh, little girl. When I come out, I realize it's the actress, and I, I didn't want to see her at all. Yeah. <laughs> she just freaked me out. She's and I came out of this, people were crying. And I said, and I personally said, I said, this is probably one of the best horror films I've seen in the decade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not one to say that all the time. When I said Creed was one of the best boxing movies of the decade, I meant it. And I wasn't changing it when I saw Creed 2. It was a disappointment. When I saw this movie, a year ago, I said it lived <laughs> up to the hype. I spent every single video hyping it up to the point that people said, you're so full of it, you're overhyping it. Now, when I say it's, well, that's what I was saying. Now that I say it's in my top five, people are like, well, yeah, that's the obvious choice. Why don't you look at something else? But I was like, at the second screening of this thing. I don't care about being like the first to see it. It's just that I know for 100%, I'm not swayed by any bias yeah. of the movie having its thing. I knew from the first time I saw it, I was like, this thing is crazy. It's mm-hmm. demonic. It's possessive. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of it, we were saying earlier, yeah. if it was a drama... She would easily be an Oscar favorite because she, she's so, so... Literally, you can just say that yeah, the whole thing was bipolarness. Like, mm. Yeah, the, the way she just deals yeah. with loss, the, the way she tries to 
it could explain herself to her family. Mm -hmm. The the way she holds on to that anger and lets it bubble through. Just the story of it, though. Uh, that idea, like, you know how the movie starts off and it goes into the... Mm, house. Which is one of my favorite there. shots of the year. Mm -hmm. It's so cool. And Easy. then everything else in the way the whole story is kind of lit yeah. almost feels like you're in a part of the miniature thing. Yeah. Did I tell you about the clocking? What about the clocking? What about it? What it signifies? No. <laughs> what does Paimon ride? What? What does Paimon ride? I have no idea. When they show you his picture, it's a camel. Is that what a camel sounds like? They clack. Like hooves. That was the, it was the hooves clacking. What? If that theory is correct. That's probably my number one. That is the <laughs> scariest thing to know that what was just supposed to be like, ooh, that's creepy what? because the girl said it out of nowhere. When you actually, like, you know how like some noises are scary, you're like, wow, that's just scary. But when you Don't add, add meaning yeah. to it, though. Once you add meaning to it, you're it's like, all right, so you're, you're demented. You're telling yeah. me like that was literally the demon's flex. Yeah. I'm coming. Yeah. That that isn't just a scary noise. That's the demon saying, "I'm coming. Mm. I'm getting close." Yeah. Damn. For me, for me, these two, these two Sundance picks that I have at one and two have always been interchangeable. Chase, yeah. predatory. I mean, I'm a huge fan of The Witch, other mm. A24 horror movie, bitch. and in a way, this is definitely like it's it's sibling in mm. a way. Uh, they're both, like we kind of mentioned, uh, it feels more like a drama with horror elements on top of it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it's just like, I'm a, I'm a big horror fan, but I hate 90% of horror movies that come out, if that makes any sort of sense. Like, Every horror fan knows yeah. that. Yeah. Like, when you give me a good, no, there's a lot of horror horror movie fans that like a bunch of random shit. I yeah, like. well, I think most of us different, know what Different you mean. horror yeah, fans, but yeah. Exactly, but... When you give me that good one, I'm gonna. It's. I feel like I have one horror movie on my list every year because it's the good one. Mm -hmm. Hereditary is definitely that movie this year. It is everything I want a horror movie to be. It's easily like up there it's with the shining for me. Movie. I would put it. I would. I'm it's, agreeing with you 100. Probably top three or four horror movies for me. I just. You think it's better than The Shining? It might be after a couple more watches. I'm, here's the thing, right? I have this crippling fear of creepy old people. I really do. I don't know why. The last 15 minutes of Paranormal Activity 3 mm. scarred me. It was terrifying. All right? When the, the grandma? grandmother is a, a weird, like the opacity gets turned down to 25% on the frame, uh -huh. and you barely see her, I... Yo, there was some shots in I this movie. The shots where people just, where, where they pick up on it, and they go... It happened so many times. Whoa. Yeah. When me and my sister saw it the second time, we knew, uh -huh. like, Tony Collette was, like, in the corner. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're sitting there, like, for probably seven seconds looking at it. And all you hear is... When you hear people like, realizing it's, it. It's awesome. It's, yeah. it's so different. That's one of the, my favorite things about Hereditary is the... I think a lot... It's almost like the opposite of a jump scare. It's like a mm -hmm. linger scare, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I've Which is so much scarier. I've yeah. been saying those are the scariest. I've been yeah. saying this since Insidious. Mm -hmm. When the when the boy is just hanging there, and I'm mm -hmm. just like, no, but like not calling attention to it pisses me off even more. Just scare mm -hmm. me. I feel yeah. like... Because yeah. that's, that's messed up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's incredible. Mining the Gap. Yeah, so I talked about this a lot on the show. It's mm -hmm. my favorite documentary of the year. It's a really stunning piece from Bing Liu that documents him and so two high, skater friends. Two. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is a pretty incredible documentary. It mm -hmm. touches on a lot of things. There's, you know, elements of classism and the legacy of violence in the home as, as well as uh, racism and how these kids deal with the transition from... Uh, childhood to adulthood when they don't have the support around them mm. it takes place in this you know uh, part of the country that's largely been forgotten and 
jobs have moved away from there. There's just it's so much text to this movie that doesn't really get addressed, but it's there, and you can't help but notice it and learn from it. Uh, and just the way that he's able to turn the camera around on himself in a way that doesn't feel narcissistic or indulgent. It feels completely appropriate and w completely within the themes of the film. I found it completely emotional. I was a, I was a wreck. We talked about crying in the movies. I was crying the entire last really? third of this movie. Where did you see it? You uh, see it at, home? at home. At home. I saw it at home on Hulu. On a, uh, I gotta catch it again. Probably. Yeah, I mean... It, it just really worked for me. I thought there was a lot of really beautiful storytelling touches. And Chase, you mentioned this earlier, but the cinematography... It's crazy. It, it's one of the m most beautiful documentaries mm -hmm. I've ever seen, just in terms of how it's shot. There's mm -hmm. a shot where he kind of pull. There's, I think, like a fireworks fight in the backyard, mm -hmm. and he pulls back, and the one kid is kind of like hiding behind a tree, and you see the fireworks... It's like, if it was in a fictional shot, it'd be on those, like, yeah. Chris Tapley, mm. 10 best shots One of the year list. Shot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I I was just blown away mm. by Minding the Gap. It's my favorite documentary of the year, my number two movie of number the year. Two. The scene with the mom is crazy. Yeah. And, and that's one of those things where it's like, it's it's almost hard to believe. The director's is, mom? Yeah. yeah. It's almost hard to believe this is in a documentary, mm. you know? See, that's the thing with it. It's like one of those things where it's like, should you be yeah. making this movie? Yeah. Like you're putting all well, of it out the, there. You drew the balls to do it. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think it's like indulgent. You know, it feels kind of. No, no, no I'm not talking feels, about indulgence yeah, or anything. It's yeah, authentic. it's just. Yeah, but you're still putting it all out there. I mean, yeah, it's. Still, it's you make it, it, it must be a scary feeling. That's I get. Yeah, yeah. how's that not terrifying? Yeah. yeah, I'm sure you felt sick doing it, but yeah. it makes a better movie. Yeah. Want to make it number two? <laughs> uh. We know what your number one is. Everyone knows what my number one is. I you think. Want, yeah. I mean, I know what you're. Say it. <laughs> I don't know what Zach's number one. Oh, yeah. I feel, no, I definitely know what you Zach's do. number one is, yeah. Incredibles 2. The reason <laughs> that Jack Jack the predator. was able to. <laughs> it's fantastic. Bow. <laughs> I almost thought Vox Lux was going to take this crown. Those first two actors. It was sneaking there. up. It was sneaking up there. I, I was in awe when I was watching Vox Lux. And I said, Shouts how am to I Brady Corbett. How am I going to explain this? Then they faked you out. And then it turned into Justin Bieber's Never Say Never. <laughs> I'm so intrigued by this movie now, though. Oh. Yeah, you've done nothing to dissuade me yeah, from wanting exactly. to I know, but. I went for Go support her. She's my friend. <laughs> Go support Nat. Go support Nat. Um, searching. I have seen this movie probably eight times. That seems low. <laughs> it seems low. It's probably more. I get, so that's the thing. I have not included, like, me scrubbing through yeah, all the footage yeah, yeah. and everything of it. Uh, yeah, I completely, utterly adore everything within the movie, the filmmaking of the movie, the outside of, uh, of it, the filmmakers, all of it. Um, I mean, it, that's, I have nothing more to say because everyone's already heard me everything mm -hmm. I need to say. I'll just say that rewatching it again, I picked up on some other pieces. Anyone, like we said earlier, it's the easiest movie to recommend. Yeah, it really And is. there's no way no one enjoys it. Before I, I came over here to the New York trip, I, I saw it with my family who they hadn't seen it yet. They were skeptical the whole time, but they were so invested. The big reveal scene with the photo. Mm -hmm. took my, my brother, it was one of those things where you see people figure it out, they go, yeah. huh. Yeah. And he starts like throwing, she's a model. <laughs> 
He was, you know, like when when some wild. when someone knows something is up, but they don't know what it is, so they just start saying things because they they can feel that everyone else in the room. She got has it. hair. She's she's. I knew it. She's redhead. I was like, you're not getting it, dude. He's like, no, no, something's happening. Something's happening. He loved it. Yeah. So awesome. for it to blow my brother away, who his specific thing is like, he just wants the movie to be enjoyable and stick the landing. Yeah. He was like, all right, this is too good for it to stick the landing. So he thought it was gonna end like a, a cliffhanger when it when the internet mutes right and he's like of course because you were and the first thing he said he, he i didn't even get to say my joke of like and what'd you think mm. he just went of course i would end. you like stupid movies like this of course and then it comes back and it gives him the whole wrap-up which i would agree the, the the worst part of the movie the weakest part is the heavy exposition at the end with mm-hmm. the music score but uh i mean I if i could have gone back and hosted a screening of searching i would have yeah yeah so, I mean, so you, you got a bunch of people reason. to see it from I your see recommendations. It. It's the so number one reason why I say go to Sundance. Boom. That's me. Movie. Uh, my number one showed up on your list. It's eighth grade. Mm-hmm. I was blown away by Bo Burnham's eighth movie. Uh, the, the, yeah, another Sundance specialty, so we'll see. Maybe we'll uh, all see our I'm number one movie at Sundance you. this year. Uh, but yeah, it, it's just such a really beautifully articulated movie, I think. Uh, I've said this before on the podcast, but the way in which she's never really speaking for herself or talking in her own authentic voice until the very end. She's always kind of catering her personality and her speech to the people around her. Mm -hmm. I think it's very true to life and very keenly observed. Uh, There's the stuff with the YouTube. There's the stuff with just eighth grade awkwardness, her shyness. I'm blown away by this movie. Every time that I see that scene with the dad in the fireplace... And that is a really good scene. And that's another one that makes it's, it a little dusty in the theater. It's for one me. of those scenes where it's like, hmm, this hits. But the moment you have a kid and you watch that scene again, then you're going to be like, really screw this good. movie. Yeah. It's like Prisoner is like, yo, Prisoner is a great thriller. Then you have a kid, you're like, I'm not watching that Fuck movie. Oh, yeah, screw that movie. Yeah. I, I, I actually I love this movie enough, I decided to show it to my mom. And for her, I think it was like a traumatic experience a little bit. She was really? like, I feel so bad for her. Which, Dude, the scene in it's, the fireplace it's kind of a horror movie. I mean, is the yeah. dad telling the daughter, I don't know how to tell you that I love you and that I think you're the number one thing person in the world and there's absolutely no way for me to ever get this across for you and I feel that you're mis- you're miserable and I can't do anything to stop it. Like, but it's, why would you show that to your mom? <laughs> Empathy? Uh, so, yeah. Hey, mom, I, I know it's Mother's Day, but like, <laughs> let's pop this on. <laughs> Look what I go through. Yeah. If this is what kids in eighth grade are going through, can you imagine what I'm going through right now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, so yeah, shouts to Bo Burnham, shouts to Elsie Fisher. Shout Eighth out grade. Chicken Nugget Kid. Shout out Chicken Nugget Kid, definitely. Potential Oscars host. Uh, hey. <laughs> also, he brings out all the sauce. <laughs> the sauce Bo Burnham would be a good Oscar host. I would not want him to do the Oscars. You don't think so? No. Like, I, him, like, I think like from a personal, like... It would be too different, but I, I would... No, no, like, I, w- I would not want that for For him. his career. You know what I mean? Right. I think the, a good job, though. Yeah. The secret Personally, that, of course, I would like it, but it's just yeah. like... The secret thing about being the host of the Oscars is it's a really bad gig. Yeah. There's true. no way to get good reviews doing it. Mm. Hugh Jackman was underrated at doing it. I always say that. Yeah, and James Hugh Franco. <laughs> did he do it? Does he know he did it? I don't know. <laughs> Chase, uh, we found out Art's number one. We found out my number one. True. I think we know your number one, but... Mm-hmm. We do. I'm going to give a disclaimer. I think a lot of people make lists out there nowadays where they're like, oh, we got to... With some mathematical equation, figure out what are the 10 best movies I saw this year. And I don't think that's what that's about. You gotta pick your 10 favorites, all right? You gotta pick the 10 
I speak to you personally. This is a subtweet. Yeah, this is a subtweet <laughs> because there's so many people that are like, uh, "What's the most well-made movie of the year?" You know, if you had to pick one, Roma. Roma. Rome. I haven't seen Roma, so say it's Roma. They're like, "Oh, Roma's got to be one." If Roma spoke to your heart, mm-hmm. Roma should be. Oh no, no, one. Roma spoke to me probably more than half of the critics who claim they are because I'm literally from that's Mexico what, and I knew the music. Okay, that's what I'm it's saying. It's in my top twenty, but it's yeah, not. Yeah, same with me. That's what I'm saying. But I think a lot of people get into that trap of like. Hmm? Not actually expressing what their favorite movie is for whatever. Right, reason. yeah, because they're too scared to. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, it's the group thing thing. You know, you you want to. What does everyone else say? You want to signal like? to people that yeah. you. What makes me sound the most legit? Understand the consensus yeah. out there, and you've heard what people are saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course. So that being said, mid '90s is my favorite film of the year. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I think. A majority of the movies I already talked about, I think, are more well-made than mid-90s. I think there's just better filmmaking techniques going on, uh, maybe better writing, things of that nature. But in terms of a film that spoke to me, that I saw myself in this screen for however long it is, 90-something minutes, I've I've mentioned it before on here, I've been writing a script for almost a year now, and when I saw this movie, I was like, literally 75% of my ideas are in this movie right now, and... I'm glad it works. I'm glad I love it, but I, I got changed some stuff around. <laughs> so um, I, I just loved every single thing about this movie. Um, the ni- I didn't really grow up in the '90s. I was born in '96, mm-hmm. so like I'm more of like a 2000s kid. But I think the 2000s and the '90s are pretty similar. It's kind of just like the same cake, but different frosting in a way. Uh, it feels very. <laughs> Where'd you pull similar. that quote out? Of? <laughs> I've been thinking about this for a while. All right, how do I explain it when I when I make it one day and talk to Jonah Hill about it? I'm like, yeah, this is gonna be my quote. But um, I love every I love everything about it. I like cake. I overall like '90s hip hop, but like to me that wasn't even like a main factor. This really? I thought all the characters were fantastic. They all felt like kids I grew up with. Uh, the dynamic between uh, friends versus family I thought was handled incredibly well. Uh, just the culture of skateboarding mm-hmm. uh, in and the general, way it was used. Yeah, it, it just like it gave you that vibe. Of, like when I skateboarded as a kid, I was shit at skateboarding, mm-hmm. but I joined it just because that's what you would do every day. You'd go outside, grab your skateboard, and hang out with kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it embodied that well. I've listened to pretty much every Jonah Hill interview there is about this movie, and he's become like my favorite person in Hollywood. I want to grab a beer with the dude at some point. Uh, well, if I, you're from Oakland, he'll save you. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, this movie just spoke to me on every possible level. Uh, I I cried. It has the I want to say oh, it's the most me movie of the year, and that's why it's my favorite. Uh, I've only seen it one time. Uh, listen, listen. I've been meaning to see. Listen, listen. And all listen. this is saying after <laughs> teaser one, I can't wait to see no, the movie. This, this is what this is what happened. I had like a bunch of papers due the week when it came out, so I watched it the first time. Like, this is amazing. I can't wait to see it again. Do all my work. I want to go see it, and then it's out of the theaters already because no one else saw it. So I've been waiting. Comes out on digital this weekend. I'm buying it day one. I'm just gonna have it on repeat every time I have to edit a video. Uh, it's my top five favorite movies of all time after one viewing. That's how much I love it. It just speaks to me. It's my number one of the decade. Thank you. How do you feel, though? How do I feel? I feel great. <laughs> I, I just feel like if you, it was playing right here. Like, it's not playing right here. Moment I, I got out of the theater and Tiff, first person I messaged was him. That is true. That is a fact. Yeah. First person I messaged, I said, this is it. Forget every recommendation I gave you at Sundance. This is the one for you. So, Art, right. what are you more disappointed in, Suspiria on his list or Favorite on mine? Period. No, I don't mind the favorite. Wait, I was about to say, you don't like the favorite? What are your thoughts on the favorite? It's fine. It's just way too long. 
Six Axe and Apple. Everyone keeps doing Six Axe and Apple. See, I like the Six Axe and the Suspiria Zach, so I'm excited. <laughs> Yeah, no. Suspiria was the one where I was just like, what are y'all doing here? Mm. That literally gets to a level of pretentiousness, in my opinion. I'm someone who likes enemy. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. So I guess we can thing. say um, the intercut movie of the year, though, is Hereditary, between it being number two on both oh, of your yeah. list, number nine on mine. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. I think we all like 8th grade a lot as well. Yeah. 8th grade's mm-hmm. up there. Yeah, 8th uh, grade. Uh, was it one of your honorable mentions? 8th grade was like uh, fourteen. I had it right next to a Monsters and Men, which I should have given an honorable yeah, yeah. mention. So eighth grade was high on our all Widows, our lists. we all mentioned I'm pretty sure. Widows yeah. was in our top ten, yeah. so yeah. Few movies that are all unanimous mm-hmm. selections and some that aren't quite as unanimous. Mm-hmm. Uh, let us know what your favorite movies of two thousand eighteen were in the comments down below. No picks for the week or anything like that. You Gave you like thirty we gave movies you picks or so. For the year. <laughs> exactly. So uh, that's about all for this week's show. Chase you got Twitter, right? Yeah, a few mixed review, which yeah. I might change by the end of the week. There we go. It's there. Uh, <laughs> you changed the channel name? No, not the channel name, my Twitter. Why are you changing your Twitter? Because I want to make it my real name. No, no. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, whatever that is, you can find me there. Uh, Chase Cesarian on YouTube, a few mixed reviews on YouTube. Going to make some videos come out this week, so you can check that out. And, yeah, that's it. <laughs> you can catch more from me, <laughs> Zach Shevich, <laughs> by following me on Twitter at ZShevich or on Instagram and Letterboxd also at ZShevich. Art, where can people check out more from you? You can find me in New York City, New York. Guys, I'm officially moving here. I'm going to sleep in the subway for as long as I can. And while you're there, feel free to donate at DBZ Show on Facebook, Twitter, Go Instagram. My own Patreon. goal, fund me. Uh, yeah, all the stuff, let me explain, but of course you can find me here every week on the Intercut Podcast. You can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on your favorite podcatcher, I happen to like Overcast, and then make sure you're subscribed not just to the audio podcast, but to the video feed as well, where you can watch our bright, smiling faces as we break down the latest in entertainment through, for you. This is what he looks like on the other side of the screen. (laughs) (laughs) Find new episodes of... The Intercut every Thursday. And please leave us a comment, like the video, maybe go over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. Also, like our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter pages. All of them are at Intercut Pod. And you'll get updates throughout the week from me, from Art, probably from Chase, from everybody who's appeared as guest host. I like to uh, send some stuff, retweet some stuff out, all the new movie opinions, so you can keep up to date with the stuff that we don't even share on here. Mm -hmm. But thanks again for tuning in, and until next time, Kevin Hart broke Eddie Murphy's record for the shortest stint as an Oscars host. Different cakes, different frosting. (laughs) (laughs) I should, that's what I should have said. That's a good quote. That's all I'm (laughs) gonna Just keep that in there. All right, I got it.